to the first episode of Trucking Made Successful Podcasts, where we explore different areas of the trucking industry and the freight market as we find new ways to navigate, and more importantly, survive the ups and downs in trucking. I'm your host, Miranda, and in today's episode, we're diving into part one of the intriguing realm of negotiating with a counterpart who holds the upper hand. It's a challenging scenario, but fear not, I'll equip you with the strategies and tactics to level the playing field, secure favorable outcomes, and navigate through seemingly imbalanced negotiations. Get ready to unlock the secrets of negotiating with confidence and finesse. Let's begin. Now, before we even dive into the tactics, I know that we're all in the same boat. With the current freight market being the way it is, we as carriers, owner-operators, dispatchers, drivers, we're all at a disadvantage. On one hand, the freight volumes have decreased, which means that there's just not as much stuff on the market available to move anymore. And on the other hand, we have way too many trucks available to move freight. So with a small amount of loads and too many trucks to cover them, of course, it's no surprise that we find ourselves in a situation where shippers and brokers have the upper hand. Let me give you an example of what happened to me this week with one of my trucks. I had a flatbed in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And this is, I mean, it's an okay market, nothing crazy though. There was this load posted to Georgia, something like 980 miles with deadhead paying $2,000. Now, this is barely over $2 per mile. And personally, I try to stay away from loads that pay so crappy, especially for the flatbed. So I started asking for more money when I called the broker. Now, this broker was very honest, and he simply responded that he's getting enough calls on this load not to have to go up in price. And 10 minutes later, the load was covered and taken down from the load board. He didn't even make an excuse. He just said that, yeah, I probably have more money, but I'm not going to go up because I have choices. So what do we as carriers have to do when shippers and brokers have the upper hand? We can't start slashing tires of the trucks parked next to us at truck stops. Now, don't get any ideas, but this is not a good way to get rid of capacity. Now, we can't magically eliminate our competition or force more loads to be available in the market so that negotiations are easier. I mean, you could potentially, but for that, you'd have to order a ton of stuff off of Amazon so that volumes increase. But yeah, maybe not the best idea. It's a simple and harsh truth at the moment. There are simply too few loads and too many trucks competing for those loads. So does that mean that we are in a consistent disadvantage and negotiation is impossible? Well, yes, we are at a consistent disadvantage at the moment as drivers, but that does not mean that negotiations are impossible. They are just challenging. But every challenge or problem has a solution. And in the case of negotiations, the solution is knowledge. Not only do you need to know the market and environment you are in as a carrier when negotiating freight rates, you also have to have some knowledge of your counterpart, the broker or shipper. So let's start by understanding the core principles of negotiation. At its core, negotiation is the process of communicating and compromise aimed at reaching mutually beneficial agreements. 
It involves understanding the needs, the interests, and perspectives of both parties and finding creative solutions that satisfy those interests. Now, the key to successful negotiations lies in effective preparation, active listening, strategic communication, and a focus on value creation. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. What kind of compromise can we as carriers reach with those people, the brokers? Some of you might even think that meeting brokers' needs and interests is a joke. And I get it. I have to deal with brokers every single day as well. And I understand where this intolerance comes from. More often than not, we as carriers feel like brokers are quote-unquote thieves whose sole purpose in life is to unfairly steal money from the carrier's pocket. But I will be the first one to say this. When it comes to negotiations, this type of thought process is what gets us in trouble. I love the saying, you get what you give, because it directly ties into this self-fulfilling prophecy idea. For those that are unfamiliar with the concept, let me give you an example related to trucking. You see a load posted on a load board, and the whole idea of calling this broker on this load is nausea-inducing because you already know that this broker is going to lowball you and be rude about it on the phone. Well, you have no choice. There are not many loads to choose from, so you decide to call anyway, and you are automatically short and defensive because you just know that you're about to hear a bunch of bullcrap from this broker. And guess what? That's exactly what happens. The broker is rude, lowballs you, and finally hangs up the phone when you try to negotiate. Now, here's the question. Was it the years of experience dealing with brokers that made your initial instincts correct? Or was it your defensive and standoffish attitude on the phone? Aha, so there is the dilemma. What if you started the conversation with a smile on your face? Uh, Hey bud, how's it going today? Hope you're having a great start to your week. Would that have changed the outcome? I know many of you will disagree because emotionally we are wired to dislike brokers, but think about it and just stew on that idea for a second. My point is that yes, we as carriers, owner, operators, dispatchers, and drivers have developed an aversion to brokers. Heck, I complain and vent about them pretty much on a daily basis on my YouTube channel, so I'm no exception. But here's the thing. We should all be smarter and, dare I say, maybe a little bit more manipulative. No one says that your words have to come from the soul or the heart. Sometimes, despite the aversion, we can pretend that this conversation with this particular broker will be the highlight of your day. Why am I telling you all of this? Well, because I want you to learn to treat brokers as legitimate counterparts whose opinion matters. Not because you or I actually feel that way about brokers, but because we need to set the stage for a successful negotiation. Okay, now that we have learned to set the stage, it's time for the foundation of a successful negotiation. One of the foundational aspects of negotiation is, of course, preparation. Thorough preparation is crucial in negotiating from a seemingly disadvantaged position, a position that we as carriers, owner-operators, dispatchers, and drivers know all too well. You have to conduct in-depth research on the other party, their interests, and potential alternatives. 
Now, of course, I'm not telling you to Facebook stalk them because that's not going to help you a bit, but we'll get into this in just a moment. You have to understand what motivates your counterpart, what constraints they have, and any external factors that may impact their decision-making process. By being well-prepared, you can anticipate their position and develop effective counter-strategies. Now, in our industry, we have to take it a step further. Knowing your counterpart, the broker or shipper, is great, but knowing your environment is also crucial. So let's break it down. Number one, what is the interest of the broker? Well, it's twofold. First, we have a market where brokers are competing with each other for customers, the shippers and the receivers, just as much as carriers are competing for that one load. So the first crucial interest of the broker that we have to understand is that their client, their customer, the shipper or receiver, is their lifeline. They will do anything and everything to appease their customers so that they don't lose that source of income. If the broker can impress a customer with the type of carriers they offer, this can potentially mean repeat or even exclusive business. Now, if they let the customer down with a poor choice of carrier who is a no-show or destroys the load in transit, they will lose that customer and that source of income to another broker. So customer relationships are of utmost importance to the broker. There is a second interest, and the second interest of the broker is, of course, to get as much money into their pocket. And this is where the conflict arises between carriers and brokers. A shipper, let's say, pays $1,000 for the load, and the broker wants to pocket the maximum amount, so offers the load for $400 to the carrier, pocketing $600. Now, the carrier feels like they're being cheated because the carrier has all those crazy expenses, and so the war begins. But it's important to understand and acknowledge that brokers will always want to pocket as much as possible off of that one load. But more importantly, brokers want to ensure that their customers are satisfied with the service they provide because that is a constant uh, flow of income. Now, what is the broker not interested in, at least not at the moment, because we all know that human beings are impulsive creatures who can't see past their own nose. They don't give a rat's butt about building relationships with carriers. At least most of them don't, especially the big guys like TQL, C.H. Robinson, J.B. Hunt, and so on. Why is that? Well, because you have to look at it from the present moment, and at the present moment, they have the pick of the litter, and they absolutely know for a fact that even if they screw up a relationship with one carrier, 200 more will come knocking on their door for this one load. This is very important to remember. The second thing we have to know is what is the broker's alternative. And what that means is if you don't come to a good deal that is mutually beneficial for both of you, what alternatives does a broker have? In 2021, brokers did not have many alternatives because there were way too many loads and way too few trucks. Today, well, crap. This is where a lot of carriers will throw their hands up in the air and say, I give up because we all know that brokers have a ton of alternatives, or at least so it seems. 
I mean, come on, overcapacity, lack of freight, brokers getting a million calls per minute on one load, and carriers outbidding each other until one of them wins the bid at 30 cents per mile. It's darn ridiculous, right? Wrong. This is where knowing the surrounding environment comes into play. We all know that brokers have carriers to choose from, and many times this is the reason they have the freedom to behave the way they do. But this is not always the case. Here is an example from my flatbed operations. No matter which market we are in, good or bad, no matter how much existing capacity there is, I made an observation. Flatbed carriers will try to avoid tarp and coil loads like the plague. So despite there being 100 trucks in a market where there are 50 loads, brokers will always find it challenging to find a carrier who will take a coil or tarp load, and if it's a five-coil load that requires eight-foot tarps, forget about it. So what do we do when we know for a fact that brokers are having a hard time finding a specific type of equipment? We wait, and then we start hiking the rates up. Let's keep in mind point one. The primary interest of a broker is to keep their customer happy and impressed, and that means that they have to find a truck for their customer's load. So in a situation where most drivers refuse from dangerous or challenging loads, brokers are ready to go that extra 10 miles to get a carrier who will help them keep their customer happy. Make sense? Now, another example. If a driver is tanker-endorsed, can haul hazmat, has a TWIP card, can do over-dimensional or oversized loads, this driver is at a ridiculous advantage because most drivers don't have these things. So lesson number one, when it comes to negotiating with brokers who are seemingly always at an advantage nowadays, separate yourself from the crowd in one way or another. Always look for that load that has too many requirements that you know most carriers will shy away from. For reefers, it might be ice cream loads at negative 20 Fahrenheit in the month of August, because many reefer units can't hold that temperature. For dry vans, it might be some freeze protect load capability in winter months, and so on and so forth. Separate yourself from the others, and all of a sudden you will realize that while there are more trucks than loads, there is only a handful of trucks that can transport those specific loads. Capacity issue is resolved in this case, or at least somewhat remedied. Seeking areas of mutual interest is a powerful strategy to bridge the gap and create a collaborative negotiation environment. You have to identify shared goals or objectives and emphasize them during the negotiation. By demonstrating the potential value in working together and highlighting win-win opportunities, you increase the chances of finding common ground. Yeah, yeah, I hear your thoughts through my earphones telepathically because I'm a witch. <laughs> Just kidding. But I know the reaction you must be having even to the idea of finding common ground with a broker because my reaction is the same. But hear me out. So the question is this. How in the world do you find common ground with someone who is directly trying to screw you out of money? The broker is on one side, trying to pocket as much as possible, while you are on the other, also trying to pocket as much as possible. Where is the commonality here? 
Well, let's return to that first point where we determined that a broker's biggest interest is his or her customer. How can we build off of that notion? Let's start digging into what the broker's fears are in the current market. We already know that brokers have competition when it comes to customers. So when they find someone, they will grab onto them with their hands, feet, teeth, nails, whatever. So from here, we can conclude that a broker's biggest fear is losing his or her customers because without those customers, there are no loads. And without loads, there is no money. Okay, now that we know the fear, let's take it a step further. How does a broker eliminate this fear? Well, there are a few ways. Number one, they search for carriers who are close to their customer so that the pickup is on time. Or they prioritize carriers who are empty and ready to get rolling. Number two, they search for carriers with a good safety score to ensure that the load doesn't get damaged in transit. Number three, they lean towards working with carriers who have safely hauled loads for them before. Number four, they look for carriers who have had their MCs for a while instead of choosing newer carriers. And number five, they look for carriers who will accept tracking so that they can keep their customers updated. At the end of the day, all these brokers are doing are trying to eliminate their fear and the risk of losing their customer. So while you can't really control the age of your authority or whether you have hauled loads for this particular broker before, there are things that you can do. If you're playing the long game, make sure that your safety rating is good on the CSA. Excessive speeding, accidents, hours of service violations, and so on will definitely not help the broker eliminate the fear that something will go wrong with the load and the customer will drop them. But that's the long game, and I know that we as humans like instant gratification. So where is the negotiating power here right now? Well, the way to be in the best possible position from day to day is to book loads that unload you as early in the morning as possible. This ensures that your truck is ready to get to that next load. Another thing is proximity to the shipper. Let me tell you a story. A few months ago, my guy was on a dry van, which is the equipment type that is taking the worst beating of them all. And he was in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska, deadheading to Omaha, Nebraska. Mind you, this was a Saturday, so you best believe there was nothing on the load board. As he's deadheading, I am looking for loads on the way, and suddenly one pops up that is literally 50 miles away from him. The broker was Freight Vana, and this was a 661-mile load with deadhead. Now, I called the broker, and he told me that he just covered it. So I don't know why I did this, but I just blurted out that if anything changes, we're 15 miles away. I was not using any particular negotiation tactic. It was just an accident. He asked me the rate, and I quoted a crazy 2200 which came out to something like $4.30 per mile for loaded miles. And he ended up canceling the load with the other carrier who was far out and would have had to pay a late fee. Yes, I understand it's a crap situation and I do feel for the other carrier, but we got the load simply because of proximity. We would be on time to pick up, no late fees, and the broker saves face with his customer. Simple as that. 
So here we have an instance where there is common ground with the broker. The broker wants to keep a clean and prosperous relationship with the customer. And we, as the carrier, are close enough to the shipper to ensure that this broker looks like a hero. Boom. So my advice, always use proximity to the shipper to your advantage, especially on those time-sensitive loads. Brokers have one goal, make the customer happy so that they get more business. Help them do that and benefit from it. Well, that brings us to the end of this first part on negotiating when your counterpart has the upper hand. Remember, negotiations are not solely determined by the initial advantage. They are a dynamic process where power dynamics can shift. By maintaining a confident mindset through preparation and seeking mutual interests, you can negotiate with confidence and achieve successful outcomes. Yes, even with brokers, and yes, even in a market like we see today. We will continue talking about negotiations in a difficult market in the next episode as well. Now, if you found this episode valuable, be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for more insightful discussions pertaining to the trucking industry and surviving the freight market. And remember, negotiation is a skill that improves with practice. So keep honing your abilities. Practice makes perfect. Until next time, happy negotiating.